0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Next up for Celtic in Champions League qualification It's EAK Athens who come to Celtic Park tonight Alfredo Morelos wins his appeal against the red card picked up at Aberdeen on Sunday And John McGinn undergoes an Aston Villa miracle as he nears a move to the English side I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Yeah, the old firm in the news Gordon Celtic of course of this massive game tonight against AEK Athens And where is John McGinn going? Going is it a done deal at Villa Or could he be heading back up the M6 towards Celtic And for Rangers Great news for them today Steven Gerrard's rant against the SFA worked And the red card was rescinded uh, Jim Duffy on and off the field It's just been a breathless start to this campaign Hasn't it? Stories everywhere you look Yeah but that's what I've said before um, You know Gordon that you know the, the, the strength of the top league just now Is as good as it's been for, for probably a couple of decades now and uh, it's great, you know, that the big clubs, uh, you know, they seem to be, you know, um, making a real competition of it this year. And it's, we know it's only one game, but there's been some fantastic goals. There's been a bit of controversy. Um, you know, there's been some great uh, performances. So long, mate. Continue. Why not get in touch then on any of today's big talking points? Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five is the number you need. And if you'd rather tweet, then you will find us at Clyde SSB. Let's start at Celtic Park. Well, big night in European football for Celtic. Let's get the build up with Ronnie Charters. Yes. Good evening, Golden. All quiet here at Celtic Park at the moment. Ahead of Celtic versus AEK Athens. I don't imagine that will be the case in just under two hours' time when we kick off what will be the third round qualifying first leg here at Celtic Park. And no doubt, as Brendan. Rodgers to alluded to yesterday, this will be a much tougher test in Europe than Celtic have already faced this season. Past Alice Kirk with no problems and with Rosenberg but the Greek champions now lie in store and Brendan Rodgers saying this is a huge step up. The Athens side are a Champions League outfit and Celtic will need to raise their game. Brendan Rodgers hoping for a clean sheet and a win this evening to take them an advantage over to Greece next week. The winner of this tie will place either Malmo or Videoton a very generous draw, Gordon, it had to be said. They drew one all last night with Videoton getting that away goal to take back to Hungary with them so that could be in the driving seat and if that's the case it's a very favourable draw in the playoffs but it's all about tonight the early team news well let's look at the Greek side first Marinos Ozonidis it's his first game in charge of AEK Athens and it's here at a sold out Celtic Park and it's a huge blow for the Greek side they were without captain Petros Mantolos just speaking to one or two of my Greek colleagues saying this is a huge blow for the Greek side this is their Scott Brown type player in the middle of the park creates everything he's left back in Greece with a knock so big blow for uh, the Greek side in terms of Celtic Olivier and Cham fit and available the best news Celtic fans would be hoping for took a knock against Livingston but back and available as is Jozo Simunovic back from suspension missed that double header against Rosenberg he's now back in but Boyata and Mbele both ruled out we'll get full team lineups to you Gordon at about half past six when they're announced very quickly as well they're also asking fans to get here as quick as possible in and around Celtic Park the travel disruptions are major if you're travelling to the game here you're set for a cracker but get in nice and early so you can get to it One of the other things about going along to a big game at this time of year Ronnie is you've got transfers on your mind who's coming who's going what's the What's the, the local feeling in and around Celtic Park at the moment? Yes, I was chatting to one or two inside Celtic Park earlier. They feel as if John McGinn could be slipping through their fingers. As Mark was alluding to there, a medical at Aston Villa. Celtic matched the offer and personal terms for John McGinn, but it seems as if it could be just too little too late. Hibs boss Neil Lennon saying that 
definitely Aston Villa are the favourites to sign John McGinn. One man that will be coming into Celtic though, Daniel Arzani, a two-year loan deal from Manchester City, passed his medical today and that should be announced shortly. The Manchester City winger will join Celtic on a two-year deal, as will fans' favourite Emilio Izaguirre. He will return to Celtic on a, a, a season-long deal, we understand. Left last season, but he's back as cover for Kieran Tierney. He should be in Glasgow tomorrow to finalise that deal. And one final line to bring you, Gordon, is that Celtic are in talks to try and bring back Jason Denier, the centre-half, built up that partnership with Virgil van Dijk, if you remember well, the Belgian centre-half back at Man City. Celtic are trying to do a deal on that one. So it looks as if they may have missed out on John McGinn. Daniel Arzani will be here tonight to experience his first Champions League at Celtic Park. Emilio Izaguirre will be back and they're trying desperately to bring back Jason Denier as well. So very busy in the behind the scenes at Celtic at the moment. OK, we'll bring you team news as soon as we get it from Celtic Park. Why not get in touch then on any of those transfer stories or your pre-match thoughts? 014 419511025 you can tweet us at Clyde SSB uh, I'm going to get the thoughts of Jim and Mark let's play Neil Lennon's interview first because that paints the picture quite nicely Neil Lennon says Aston Villa are in pole position to sign John McGinn after the midfielder travelled to Birmingham to have talks with the club the Hibs both says both Villa and Celtic have had bids accepted for the 23 year old and uh, quite simply wishes him well wherever he ends up he went down to Birmingham last night, and um, or maybe the night before. He's, um, I think he's having a medical there. The fee's been agreed, but I don't know if personal terms have been agreed yet, or if there's any confirmation as yet of the deal being finalised one way or the other. Have there been any other bids? Yeah, I think Celtic can match the offer. I think Villa are in the, the driving position at the minute. What about any other English clubs? Any other interests? No, not as far as I'm aware anyway. There's been obviously tentative inquiries but nothing in writing or any confirmation of any other bids as far as I'm aware at the minute. If they do, they'll even be very late, you know, because I think the process is well down the line, certainly with Austin Villa and Steve Bruce, as far as as far as far I'm aware. I don't know if John's head's been turned by Villa, or I have not spoken to him on it yet, but uh, as far as I'm aware, they are certainly in a really strong position in terms of getting the services. I know Steve well, yeah. you know, so I had a good chat with him on a number of occasions about John. Yeah, he's an excellent manager, excellent guy. Um, I think John met him for dinner last night and I think he was very impressed with what Steve had to say. If he does go, he goes with everyone's best wishes, I'd imagine. You know, certainly mine. I think he's been absolutely superb on and off the field. Joy to work with and really enjoyed watching him play. I think he's just blossomed. I think Hibbs has been very good for him. I think John's been very good for Hibbs. So if a deal is finalised wherever he goes, he goes with our best wishes. Like I said, after the game on Sunday, it leaves a huge void to fill. We're not going to replace John McGinn, but we'll try and find some other players to maybe tally up to that level eventually. But he's, he's probably been one of the best Hibs players in the last 25, 30 years. Your thoughts on how this has played out, Mark Guidi, and how it may play out between you know today and the next couple of days? Uh, John McGinn, well, you know, two things. First of all, just... Uh, um, to pick up on something Ronnie said that a fee's been agreed between Celtic and Hibs and Celtic match the personal terms with Villa if that's the case John McGinn would be at Celtic part signed just now so I don't believe that for a minute I think Celtic have missed one here John McGinn should have been in the bag as far as I'm concerned he's been down at Villa for two days he's been down with his parents he's passed his medical he's agreed terms I think there may be been a, a wee bit of him sitting waiting hoping there might have been a call to get him back up the road because make no mistake he wants to go and play for Celtic but um, they've not been able to get it over the line and I think it's disappointing for Celtic and disappointing for the boy uh, for for this opportunity of passing by listen something might happen there might just be something at the last second 
Um, but uh, certainly, um, I don't believe for a second, whatever that's coming from, who's putting that out, that uh, Celtic have matched a, a fee and wages. Because if that was the case, John McGinn would be signing for Celtic. I'm not sure about that. Obviously, Mark has his opinion on it. But uh, for me, um, I think that uh, he's went down, obviously, to Villa. And, uh, you know, that can be, even if you are a Celtic fan, even if you do think this is a club I want to play for, if you go down there and, you know, they've got new owners uh, and they've got high ambitions to be in the Premiership. Uh, and, you know, it's a massive club. There's no doubt about that as well. So, uh, you know, and, and I think he might feel a little bit more wanted there. He might think Celtic were dragging their heels and sometimes players can be swayed by that, you know, so, you know, it's, it's a difficult one, but I think it's disappointing for Celtic. I think a, a few weeks ago, Gordon were, were here on the programme and, and, and I felt another million pounds would have sealed the deal and I still think that, but because Celtic maybe didn't go in until the very last minute, even if it is, as Matt says, we're not sure if they have matched the deal or whatever, but if they have and it's done right at the last minute, Maybe uh, John's already had that conversation with uh, Steve Bruce. He's maybe given his word, you know, a verbal agreement. And it does take a little bit of time for the medical and the paperwork and all these sort of things and, you know, agents and stuff like that to be all sorted out. So, uh, and with Celtic having the game tonight, that's going to be the priority. So it'll probably be mm-hmm. tomorrow before they could even get back into, you know, uh, into negotiating. And that might just be too late. So, disappointing for Celtic and their supporters. Um, but a great move for John McGinn There's no question about that uh, Thomas is in Corsyth And is a Celtic fan What do you make of it Thomas? Hi guys How you doing? Hi Thomas uh, welcome, welcome back to the new season yep. Good to be back season, Thomas I think. Uh, On that point of John McGinn uh, I just feel really annoyed I, I just think the Celtic board Have dragged and dragged their heels here Instead of paying them the money For John McGinn Instead of coming in with Money that's we're trying, we're, we're trying to penny pinch them basically. Instead of just coming in with a bid for them and getting get it all sorted and, and yet they're asking Bella come in with a bid and I agree, I think he's, I hope I'm wrong, but I think he's going to ask Bella. I just, I just feel so annoyed. Perhaps the timing's interesting, Mark Guidi, because if it gets to the stage where Aston Villa bid more money and Celtic turn around and say, look, we were unwilling to spend that. And you sort of hold your hands up Fair enough you've been outbid But Neil Lennon is now today saying Celtic have matched Aston Villa's bid So therefore It, it does look as if well, Celtic have just taken too long Yeah and, and I think he said I think they have I don't think it was categoric I know for sure And we've never really established What the Aston Villa bid has been We know that Celtic maybe went up to 2-2-1-2-2 two, 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 um, You know Around about that figure There may well have been A willingness to throw in, in Scotland Part of the problem as well Which has been unfortunate For John McGinn In the past five or six weeks uh, Has been There's not a great Working relationship With Celtic and Hibs You know There's there's a standoff Between both clubs With certain people involved um, At both clubs And that's not been helpful Either in the whole uh, Negotiation aspect But Steve Bruce Has wanted him He's got in there He's not messed about They've got to get things done By five o'clock tomorrow night We've got until August 31st um, up here And at John McGinn he, he could I suppose he'd get the option Of saying well No uh, I'll just sit here And see out my contract And sign a pre-contract With Celtic in January But decided not to take that That risk He's going to go down And You know Go from 1500 quid a week to, to 20 grand a week And it's a head turn On a four year A four year deal All of a sudden You're going to the, the Best part Of a million pounds A year Four years down in England It's a fantastic Opportunity for him But I do know for sure that there's a real sadness that um, he wasn't able to complete a deal to Celtic. Though that said, I wouldn't rule out at the last second something happening. 
Thomas? Uh, well, I hope you're right, Mark, but I just feel that the board, as I said, I think I've just dragged their heels on it. When we go for players, I think we should bid what they're worth instead of, instead of trying to be we're in with a bid that's obviously low, obviously had to accept the first bid. I understand that because I think we've invited four, four and a half million to be honest. And I just, I just feel that we start without, we start out and gone rather than I don't think you, I don't think I, I don't think you pay four million pounds for for John McGinn a year to go, and his contract. I think you know I, I would have said, you know, two seven, two eight, two nine. Yeah, they've gone to that. I certainly wouldn't have gone over three million well, pounds. Well, the suggestion is it's two 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 point seven five. So that's a suggestion, you know, from from within the game. That that's what people are suggesting. So it's close to three million pounds. But Celtic sold uh, Stuart Armstrong there. For either between six and seven, depending on who you know who you believe, and need a year's contract to go. He's playing with Celtic, he's playing the Champions League, and understand that. But ultimately, you know, either years to go in his contract, and they they got they, what they believe was worth. So Celtic will put in what they feel was a valuation, a true valuation with a year's contract to go. And and I, I think two million was cheap. I I don't think I think he, he was he's definitely worth, in my opinion, three million. But even with a year to go, you know, because he's only twenty three years of age. He's got nine Scotland caps, I think. You know, he's got real potential and he's improving all the time. And I think that, a, you know, a club at Celtic really shouldn't have batted an eyelid at that. And they wouldn't, you know, it's not the money. I think, as Lamar said, there was a negotiating sort of standoff that seemed to just kind of just drag on. And it's only really when Raston Villa have put the money on the table that Celtic seem, now seem to want to match it. What about from the manager's point of view, Jim because listen we're going to hear a number of opinions on this and I'm sure we will get Celtic mm. fans on who say well do you know what I don't think we needed John McGinn or I don't mm. see where he would have fitted into the team mm. whether that's right or not Brendan Rodgers wanted him yeah. he made that very clear yesterday what's that like as a manager and, and how frustrated will Brendan Rodgers be? Well it's the first time I've actually seen Brendan Rodgers since he came to Celtic mm. just looking a little bit dismayed you know a bit frustrated he said you know he wanted some players in it he wasn't looking for a host of players He's, he's obviously Listen He's being manager He's come out and he said Listen it was great to sign Tierney It was great to sign Rogic and, and Edward And he's he's happy with that But he's also Quantified that By saying listen We needed another couple of players And John McGinn was one of these So you could It's the first time I think He's been a bit disappointed There seems to be You know just uh, A little bit Frustrated By what's happened At board level um, I don't think it, It's not going to rock the boat too much But I think there is a, a sense Of disappointment there but from from Brendan Rodgers' point of view, you know, I, I'd said myself again on this programme, when he had Stuart Armstrong, I think, where's he going to fit in with Rogic and Armstrong and Cham and Brown and that? But obviously, with Armstrong going, it, it did open. And he has said that we want to replace, you know, a player for a player. Uh, and I know they've brought um, the, the Australian Arzani. boy Narzani in as a winger. There's talking about Patrick Roberts maybe come back. He's a Gary. I mean, none of them but, replace Stuart Armstrong, do they? No, they don't replace Stuart Armstrong, and I don't think, in my opinion, they're as good as as John McGinn is just now. And I don't think that you know the Celtic fans will be you know jumping through hoops thinking, mm-hmm. oh, these are fantastic uh, signings, these are potential signings. I think John McGinn could have been in there and hit the ground running from day one. Stevie's and Bishop Briggs, what do you make of it, Stevie? Well, good morning about John McGinn. I never mentioned that when I come on. Um, the bottom line with John McGinn is right after board. But the, if the board had went to Hibernian and said, right, OK, you're looking for £4 million, we're willing to give you three and a half. John McGinn would be a Celtic player. The board are now starting to drag their heels again. As I said before I come on, 
Look at Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill walked away. Neil Lennon, he walked away. Now, we all know the reason Neil Lennon walked away. Neil Lennon, I'm certain Neil Lennon told them he needed more money to take that team further. Is this us going down the same road now with Brendan? And Brendan's won domestic trebles back to back. And now the guys up the stair have decided, no, we can't give you the money you want, Brendan. So what's going to happen? Brendan going to go when a big club comes calling. I mean, Mark Guidi, is, is that a realistic fear? I think it's easy to forget when things maybe aren't quite going your way in the transfer window. Um, Celtic are in a pretty good place at the moment. I mean, they're off the back of a, a second uh, treble in a row, but we're still we're getting a bit of frustration coming from the fan base. Yeah, there, there's frustration um, just now. You've got a hell of a game coming up tonight as well. You know, there's a, a lot riding on the next six days between tonight at Celtic Park and, and next Tuesday night in Athens. And having tasted Champions League football, not to mention the 60 million quid over the past two years, albeit they've had a couple of humpings along the way, still, you want that. So, you know, in the next seven days, things could, could, could really take a turn for the worse. You're not getting your signing targets in and you're at the Champions League. That said, it could all be yeah. brilliant. Seven days for now. We don't know. Uh, but Brendan Rogers, listen, if Brendan Rogers, I think he wants to stay at Celtic, but he's certainly um, thrown the gauntlet down um, to the hierarchy there, go and get things done. I'm not happy. There is no other way to interpret that message. I am not happy. I want my targets in. Final, point to, final point to you, Stevie. Yes, I totally agree with you. I totally agree there. That is it. Brendan Rogers has thrown the gauntlet down, and he's basically telling him up the stairs, you don't release the cash, I don't get my players, somebody comes calling for me, I will be going. And that's what will happen Neil Lennon done it Let's be serious guys Neil Lennon walked away Because he couldn't get any more money To take that club any further Is that what's happening now With Brendan Rodgers Okay thanks to Stevie In Bishop Briggs Lots of you getting in touch You can keep the calls coming 0141-951-1025 We are on Twitter At Clyde SSB As well Now Alfredo Morelos Sent off at Pataudry At the weekend That decision Has been overturned It's been reduced to a yellow And we're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard On that very topic next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results Every week Talk to Thompson's.com Guidi and Jim Duffy Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard A bit of breaking news uh, Coming out of Rangers It looks like they're going to reject A bid for James Tavern from West Brom So the, the bid we believe Round about Three million pounds Two to three million pounds uh, For the captain It looks like Rangers Will reject that bid So get your thoughts in On that 10141951 Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard He's praising The Scottish FA's decision To downgrade Alfredo Morelos's Red card to yellow But he claims The sending off Cost his team Two vital points Now the Rangers boss says he understands that the referees have a tough job And he says he has spoken to the striker About his involvement in the incident Let's see what Stephen Gerrard had to say No, no, I mean My chats with me players that I have between the four walls Will always stay private I've had a good conversation with Alfredo yesterday The card's been rescinded yeah, Which we're very happy about But that doesn't take away the fact that We believe we've dropped two points because of that decision, and you know, we, we hope that doesn't happen to all the clubs in the SPL again, where you you know you suffer you know to that magnitude by one decision that it makes you drop two points. We were disappointed with the decision at the time, uh, which I said, but you know, credit to the uh, the SFA, the referee department, of have overturned it. Look, we we totally understand how difficult it is to referee these big games, not just in this country, in any big rivalry games, the referees have got a. A very difficult job and you know, our respect certainly there. Um, it's just disappointing for us that we're on the receiving end this time round. Um, 
But you know, thankfully they've 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 seen that the right decision. Uh, and they've overturned the red card, which makes them available for us at the weekend. And, you know, Alfredo's a big player for us, so we're really happy with the decision. Surprised or not, gentlemen, Mark Weedy and Jim Duffy? I, I, I was a little bit um, surprised. I just think, you know, excessive force. I don't think it was excessive. You know, there, there was clearly a kick. Um, and, you know, it left Rangers severely hampered for, for the 80 minutes. And their, and their players were brilliant, you know, tactically. Um, they were so disciplined You compare that to six months ago So you can already see a big improvement Under those circumstances But as much publicly Stephen Gerrard you know, criticised the referee uh, and, and kind of backed his player I would like to think that privately Behind four walls He's given Morelos what for Because at the end of the day He gave the, they gave the decision They gave the referee a decision to make And he decided it was red Now he's got away with it now But at that time uh, Morelos really really let his team down and almost cost them three points never mind two points I don't think the referees will be happy I, I really don't I think that under their um, rules um, when you go to uh, the meetings um, pre-season um, they'll show you instances like that and that's a red card um, you know that's what they, they believe um, if you retaliate and kick out it doesn't have to be that much players of my era you would think that was nothing there was nothing it wasn't even it wouldn't even merit a yellow card but in the modern day game, they would see that as a red card. So I think to have it rescinded is fortunate for Rangers. Um, as I said, it wasn't violent conduct. Uh, you know, it wasn't in danger, but it was retaliation. And it was a yeah. kick, and, and I think, as I said, uh, the, I, I don't think the referees would be happy. I think if you speak to John Fleming privately and stuff like that, I think the referees will feel a wee bit undermined here. Uh, and this happened, you know, in the past. There's been two or three incidents that have been overturned because. It's, it's, a, it's an independent uh, committee is doing that As always though It's about the interpretation mm. Of the rules Jim And I've seen a few people mm. say that You know If you kick out It's a red mm. The interpretation of the rule Is always where we can debate But the, mm. the rule is actually Quite clear A mm. kick out mm. in itself Is not is a not, red card no. It has to have Excessive force mm. Or Brutality. So today's independent yeah. panel have quite simply decided that that, that yeah. was not the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I say, for me personally, as I said, I don't think there was that much in it, but I think the referees would see that, and I think they've left left the door open a little bit. So if somebody's having a wee bit, and somebody's yeah. a kick at someone, yeah. then then every player in the country is now going to think, well, I can have a kick at someone, and, I, and it's not a red card. Yeah. So I think I think they've they've opened up a can of worms there a little bit. But in terms of um, from Rangers' point of view, in the game, like any game, I still. Would like to see a referee getting over and having a chat. He's like me now in his ear. The linesman has obviously went red card for Rangers number whatever Morelos right, and because because the referee Kevin Clancy just turned round and just brought the red straight. card straight away. So in his ear, he's been told by this his assistant that's a red card defence, and he's went with it hundred percent. To me, I don't understand why it just doesn't take a few seconds to walk over, have a conversation with him. Look, what what did you see? And if he's adamant. And he still gives a red card Then fair and enough And then you have the conversation yeah. Where you say Was it excessive yes, force exactly the I acknowledge that he's kicked him, him But was it excessive force Yes right. And the referee can And to me to me, That's the most frustrating thing That they've got The communication systems But just take a few seconds mm. We've seen in the World Cup With the VAR and all that It doesn't disrupt the game that much mm-hmm. Go over for 30 seconds And make sure Let's take some calls on this one Jim's a Rangers fan From Kilmarnock Hi Jim Hi how you doing guys uh, Just to reflect on the other thing You're talking about mm-hmm. And I looked at it If I'm a Rangers fan And I looked at it at first And I thought what an idiot um, He's kicked out of the guy and 10 minutes into the game I've been to 10 men I gave it we would have won But then when you see If the referee's seen Morello's kicking that guy Why do you not know, see anything The Aberdeen player done 
It must have been why would the attention be brought to the two players if you hadn't seen that the Aberdeen player done first of all? Yeah, it's a barge. It's a it's a, it's a shoulder. It's a shoulder barge. But look, the, look in the middle of the park and the ball's nowhere near them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shoulder barge though. Mm-hmm. What was it then? If it wasn't a shoulder barge, what was it, Jim? He's bumped into the guy. That's uh-huh. a, I buy it with a shoulder barge. Oh, never, never. Sorry. Well, if it wasn't a shoulder barge, what was it? Where's the ball? Why are you doing that to the guy when the ball's nowhere near him? Jim, sorry, you're defeating him. Sorry, Jim. Jim, you're, you're disagreeing with you, but it's not a shoulder barge. So I'm asking you, what was it? And you're agreeing with me, it's a shoulder barge. So what is your point? He's totally bumped into the guy over yes. the ball. So what are you looking for to happen? So what are you looking for to happen to Scott McKenna on that occasion? What are you wanting? Is, is that not a booking? No. It could well be. Could well be. Why is the referee no victim then If he's seen it happen Well maybe he should have But he's, he's, he's gone with, with the red card for Morelos On the instruction uh, of the linesman George McGeeke um, That's what I'm but, talking about Sorry I'm speaking about the linesman So Yeah that that's fine So yeah He could well have brought a yellow card For, for Scott McKenna first But the bottom line With you being a Rangers supporter Jim What you should be most concerned about Isn't it about Scott McKenna It's about your player Alfredo Morelos Keeping his discipline And not lashing out That's what you should be most concerned about I'm not a big fan of Morelos. Um, I'm just some dank feud for some down here leading the line for Rangers um, as a striker. Um, but for him to give the referee a decision, totally agree with you. It was absolutely crazy. I couldn't believe him when he had done it. But again, the referees agreed it wasn't a red card. And we've dropped two points because of that. And we're now two points behind Hibs, Hearts and Celtic, which is, is a hard enough task with it. Um, having referees obstructing us to getting three points. I mean, Jim, that um, Jim Duffy, that's simply impossible to redress, isn't it? The appeal mm-hmm. system is there for a reason, so that if you feel like you've been on the wrong end of justice, you can you can try yeah. and get that back, and that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. But of course, as Jim on the line says, it's just that sport. You're just going yeah, to have to accept what happens. Over the course of the season, there'll be players that dive and give us, you know, players that don't dive and we're sending penalties. You know that are not penalties and rescinded. There'll be so many incidents over the course of the season that people will debate and say, "Well, that cost us the game, or that cost us two points, or that could have maybe relegated us, or got us, you know, any top six or one leagues or whatever." And at the first game of the season, yes, it, it is frustrating because Rangers played very well and were the better team. Absolutely no doubt about that whatsoever. And I, I do believe with eleven men they would have won the game. So I did think it impacted it, but. It's, it's something that will happen right throughout the season. There'll be umpteen, hundreds of decisions that uh, each club feel they don't get the benefit of them. That's the reason why I wasn't, you know, I didn't think it was right for Stephen Jair to come out and say, oh, Rangers have always been in the back of bad decisions and all this kind of stuff. And I think, well, wait a minute, every club, I mean, I've been a manager of Clyde and Breakin and Morton and Dundee, and I believe that I've been in the back of hundreds of, you know, incorrect decisions. But, yeah. you know, when you're at a higher profile club, there is more of a spotlight There's no doubt about that 0141 Is the number you need If you want to tweet We are at Clyde SSB So the big news coming out of Rangers today Was that Alfredo Morelos Had won that appeal against the red card He's free to play this weekend um, But a bit of breaking news as well That James Tavernier The subject of a bid from West Brom Which we believe Rangers are rejecting So get in touch on that one uh, Celtic's team for tonight Has been announced Let's check in with Ronnie Charters 
Yes, Celtic team, two changes from the weekend. Hayes and Simonovic drop out in place of Tierney and Hendry. 4-2-3-1, Craig Gordon and goal back for Mikel Lustig, Jack Hendry, Christopher Ayer and Kieran Tierney. Scott Brown and Olivier in Cham, the two holding midfielders, James Forrest, Tom Rogic and Callum McGregor in behind Odson Edward. Yet to get the subs or get the Athens team, but what we can say is Scott Brown, the 100th appearance for the first time for a Scottish player in European competition, so well done to him. I'll help you out with the subs. Scott Bain, Jozo Simunovic, uh, Abui Kowasi, Scott Sinclair, Johnny Hayes, Mikey Johnson and Lee Griffiths. I don't think there are any surprises in that team. Are there maybe you might have thought Simunovic yeah. would come back in, but other than that... Yeah, I thought maybe Simunovic might have got the, the nod, but he's going for for uh, for um, Hendry and uh, Ayer, a uh, young defensive partnership, but he clearly... Believes in them And you've got a young player On the left hand side as well uh, Kieran Tierney But a strong Celtic team And uh, you know what, What's important tonight For Brendan Rodgers And his players And the Celtic supporters If there's any Frustrated Celtic supporters Out there Is that you know You get behind the team tonight Because this is a massive 90 minutes They need to take a win Over to Athens Because You know I've heard Ronnie saying That, that Athens are missing Two or three of their key players Are not the team That they were in last season Okay we accept all of that However Celtic's record away from home Isn't it great? And, um, I mean it's got I'll, better hasn't it But it's historically better, but, it, but it's still I mean, You, you look at um, Bersheva You look at Astana You know conceding 3-4 goals Away from home when they should be In the driving seat then You know I wouldn't fancy Celtic going over there On the back of a 1-1 or some of that I, I, I need to see them taking a, a lead over there Gordon. David's in Perth Hi David Hi how you doing? Not bad David What's on your mind tonight? Well, my thing was about uh, Morel- the Morelos uh, rescinding the red card. Mm-hmm. I mean, most football fans, be they're Celtic fans, Rangers fans, would say, you kick out with somebody, you got sent off. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't just a flick, it was a kick. But I think that uh, Stephen Gerrard has put an awful lot of pressure, or Rangers have put an awful lot of pressure through Stephen Gerrard on the SFA and the referees for the rest of the season to make sure that, you know... Short of uh, stabbing somebody, they won't get sent off. Well, I think that's a bit of a stretch, David. And a just bit of a stretch, ju- but I think ju- they really are putting a bit of pressure on them. Just to pick you up and, on uh, your earlier, just to pick you up on. You know, I mean, how anybody could see. Well, remember when David Beckham got sent off in the World Cup mm-hmm. when he just flicked the guy with his leg? The English, the English football association didn't he try and get yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it, listen. To be it was, fair, just David, accepted it was a sending off. Maybe we should. Look for examples A bit more recent Than 20 years ago At a World Cup But I have seen that example used But just to pick you up On something you said At the start You know If you kick out It's a red card that, that That's where the problem comes David Because that Quite simply And this is not my opinion These are the rules That is not true If no, you kick out It's, it's a it's yellow a rule if, you do it, if you retaliate And kick no, out No it doesn't I'll read it to you again Violent is conduct not a retaliation no, bit in it? No, no. no I'm about to read it Violent conduct Is when a player uses Or attempts to use Excessive force Or brutality Against an opponent When not challenging For the ball So it has so to be Excessive the, force the, the, the problem in the back get... of the, Sticking somebody In the back of the legs Is not violent Or brutal well, that, that's that's the interpretation. That's the interpretation. It's the problem, and that's the reason why I think the referees will be disappointed because one referee will de- will see that as excessive excessive force. force. And another, I would I would think if you did a poll of all the referees yeah. in Scotland, they would all have sent them off. Well, I think I think the majority, event. in my opinion, I think the majority may well have done. But what I'm saying is, yeah. it, it's not the SFA that have, have, have overturned this in the sense. That it's, this is it's their this, independent, this, this panel, is independent yeah. panel that have done that. So I don't think Stephen Gerrard 
is get an, that much of an influence on the SFA or anything like that. But listen, we see, hear managers all the time will come out and say, we didn't get a decision, the referees, and we want a strong referee, you know, particularly in Europe, you get European managers will say it. So, listen, you know, it's, it's a, you try whatever you can to try and what you think is get as fair a decisions, but the referees, as, as far as I've been concerned over the many, many years, are fair and honest referees and they make mistakes, but their interpretation is what's debatable mm. here. It's whether Kevin Cl- Kevin Clancy and his assistant, their, yeah, their I think, interpretation I think that was Gerard, a red card. If you're going to make a statement like, like that, mm. give us specific examples. Mm. I don't think you made a sweeping generalisation. Mm. Because Jim Dright, Jim's managed seven or eight clubs mm. in, in Scotland at all different levels. Mm. I go around and see different games all around the country out with Celtic mm-hmm. and Rangers and what you see is is not a bias or a dishonesty mm-hmm. it's just sometimes incompetence sometimes human nature they get it wrong mm-hmm. but you know I don't think and I think the unfortunate thing for me with Stephen Gerrard what he said on Sunday was where I felt for his players he should have bigged up his players more mm-hmm. and made that the headline about you know how they, they were very comfortable a man down against Aberdeen how they were better than Aberdeen mm-hmm. dra and then left his ranting referees for later in the week but uh, that dominated it and I kind of know why but still I think he missed an opportunity to really big up his players um, on Sunday after the game Thank you to David in Perth we've still not had too uh, many of you getting in touch with reaction to that bid for James Tavernier from West Brom if you have any thoughts share them uh, and we'll continue your calls after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompsons.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard just to reiterate what Amber was saying roads are going to be very busy tonight a number of closures in place if you are heading to the Celtic game and you haven't left yet you really should think about it by all means take us with you you can listen to us in the car or whatever it may be um, but really try and, get there, uh, <laughs> try and get there as early as you can it's going to be uh, quite difficult on the roads tonight a reminder of the starting 11 for Celtic Craig Gordon and goal a back four of Mikael Lustig Jack Hendry Christopher Ayer Kieran Tierney holding two Scott Brown his 100th European appearance and Olivier and Cham Then it's James Forrest Tom Rogic And Callum McGregor Behind Odson Edouard It's 0141 951 To get in touch Let's speak to Robert and Falkirk Hi Robert How are you doing panel? Not bad Robert What's your uh, point tonight? It's gone It's sort of taken the conversation Back a bit I suppose To the Morelos thing mm-hmm. um, As a Rangers fan I think that we were Being extremely lucky For that to be rescinded um, In my opinion It was Definitely a red card. Um, the the point that gets made, and it's been made throughout the whole sort of um, debate on whether it was or it wasn't, is the Aberdeen player sort of instigating it. And whether he did or he didn't, that's that's not the point that's been focused on. That is, that's not what everybody's debating. The, the the card came out because Morelos kicked. It didn't come out. It, it doesn't matter what the Aberdeen player done. The, the SFA were looking at the Morelos instance. Um, I, I think the biggest problem here as well is from the SFA. Um, when you put something down to opinion and when you allow an opinion to come into it, you're, you're, you're always going to have these problems um, because then you can't say whether this person is right or that person is wrong if, if, it's, if it's opinion-based. How do you get around that, though, Robert? Because surely rules have to be left open to interpretation. I mean, it's football, it's contact sport. It, it, it cannot be black and white. It simply can't. No, I, no, no, you're right. I can't. Um, I think they just need to. They need to. I think they need to take the Morelos incident, um, look at the kick, and say, 
if if something if this happens, if something similar to this happens, regardless of the sort of, sort of surrounding factors, it's a red card. It's a kick out. It's a red card. Whether he was sort of looking in the direction and it wasn't brutality or it, it wasn't malicious or whatever, it's a kick out. It, it's a red card. I think that they sort of need to try it. And I mean, I'm glad I'm not the one that has to make the rules. But <laughs> you and me both. I, 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 I think they need to they need to try and get as close to that line as they can, mm. um, where, it, where it goes into a sort of almost like a sort of flow chart system. I know you can; it's impossible, but I hope I hope you get what I'm trying to say. Right? Yeah, no, I understand that the, the closest incident we've had, Jim, because people are always going to draw parallels, and I've heard, you know, David Beckham twenty yeah. years ago and all the Diego rest of it. The, yeah. the, the closest one from last yeah. season, if you remember, was probably Cedric Kipri on Scott mm. Brown. Remember yeah. it? Cedric yes. Kipri is on the floor. Yeah. He. Call it what you want Kicks Flicks Lifts a leg At Scott Brown He gets the straight red card The panel goes through The same process Mm -hmm. Was that excessive force? No No. And the red card Gets overturned So that's about The closest we've Mm -hmm. had Yeah I mean There's Everyone I mean a couple of years ago I remember Ross uh, Up at Ross County Scott Brown went in And uh, you know He got I think it was He got a red card And uh, it got rescinded as well And you know, there's, 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 again, it's interpretation. You know, the right, you know, you can't, you can't write it in stone. There has to be some flexibility for the referees. It's like handball. You know, supposedly a penalty should only be for deliberate handball. You know what I mean? It's not how you interpret that. And again, as his hand in an unnatural position and all these kind of things, and you know, and, and it's the same with, with anything. You know, they, they say that there, there has to be some sort of interpretation with the referee but I think we'll, we'll try to see here if, it, if it's a little bit more transparent but that that's not the SFA would have to that be the governing bodies they would have to change the rules when when they're given when UEFA and not these look at all these rules oh yeah, IFAB make the yeah, rules yeah, don't the they IFAB, when, when, when they che- you know they, they always tweak the rules every year uh, and if they're tweaking it and they turn around and say listen if there's a retaliation no matter how uh, aggressive as that's a red card, then you know where you stand. Then, mm-hmm. so if you either push someone or retaliate against someone, you know, you know where you stand. But it's the same as you know. My pet hate now is there was contact in the box. You just say there's a contact sport, and it, it, you know, the top top guys that played football, pundits that will be on TV, and they'll say, oh, there was contact. There was contact made, so therefore he's entitled to go down. And you're thinking, no, he's not entitled to go down. He's trying to he's trying to buy a penalty here, but. Again, it's interpretation. How much contact was there? Did it put him off his stride? Was he going at pace? Does it only need a little brush? You know, all these sort of things. So we we can't write it in stone. There has to be a certain degree of the to allow the referee to, for his own interpretation. But in the Morelos case, as I said earlier on, Gordon, I still think he could just have taken a few seconds to talk to his linesman just to clarify it. As a manager, you you know you're obviously if you're Stephen Gerrard, you're you're happy with the decision. You've got Alfredo Morelos, mm-hmm. but. As Stephen Gerrard said himself, Jim, you're definitely speaking to the player and telling him, mm. "Don't kick again," because you you can't rely on kicking someone, uh, but making sure that you get it with just the right amount of force so that you don't get sent off. Yeah. I mean, he, the answer for Morelos is, "Don't kick anyone." Yeah, but also, you know, people are talking about you know Scott McKenna whether he's winding him up, having to give him a little couple of dunts. Of course, he would. If I was playing against Morelos and I thought it was maybe a, a wee bit hot headed, or he's you know he's 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 you he can maybe sense the game, he's right up for it. You know you might get that sense the first ten oh, minutes. Yeah, he'll take a bite. You know you think he's he's going yeah. to bite here, so you know you can't say anything to him because he might not understand you with the language difference. So you think I'll just give him a wee nudge off the ball and another wee nudge off the ball, and then he bites. So McKenna's McKenna's absolutely went for it uh, to try and do that. He's tried to wind him up. Unfortunately, for Rangers, Morelos bit it. So the. Frustrating thing for Rangers is, um, you know, he's not 
uh, you know, he does. He, he fully understands um, how uh, you know the game is between Aberdeen Rangers. You know, he understands the rivalry, so he should be fully aware to keep his discipline. And he lost his discipline. And I think that, uh, as I said, as much as the criticism can come out for the referee, if you want to do that, then I think there still should be a fair degree labelled at Morelis. No, no, things well, which you know, I'm sure it was the case for the previous two nights, Gordon in the phone and on Sunday, and now tonight, Morelos is dominant. I know it's because I've had the decision, and the mm-hmm. card's been rescinded, but you know, again, what a really good performance from Rangers. You know, mm-hmm. look at the progress I think's been made. In the space of six or seven weeks under Stephen Gerrard Compared to the symbolic state that they were in Between Pedro Cachina and Graham Murty's reign last year It's a real quick turnaround And it's clear to see that they're heading in the right direction And, you know, barring a disaster I think they're there for the long haul Rangers this season David and Wishaw, what do you make of it? Uh, I'm just listening there uh, More or less the second challenge That led to the red card Basically, uh, they were a barge off the ball, and then they were a push. So if you want to go down that road, you're raising your arms. No, he, did, he didn't push him, David. He did? No, he didn't. He, oh, he, he, did. he, he barged him his shoulder. No, the first one. The second one, he pushed him. Well... I didn't see a push, so I, 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 I think it was a, I think it was a shoulder. This is so. back to interpretation. No, the one, I'm, I'm on no, the two of them. The two oh, of them. No. The first one he gave me a little one. The second one he gave me a bit, a bit more of a dig, mm. uh, and a little bit of a bump. But he certainly didn't push him. And even if he did push him, that, that's not a red card anyway. So it may well have picked up a yellow. But Marella still can't retaliate, and that's that's the bottom line. I understand line. that. I understand that, Jim. But it was a push. Second one was a push. Well, we'll agree to disagree. I disagree. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't recall his arm, no. arms going up in terms no, of a pushing motion. No, I don't recall that at all. No. None of us here think it is. It was mate, a heavy so done. It was a heavy shoulder charge. Well, we'll look at it maybe, yeah. maybe later on, but certainly, as far as I can remember, and I've seen it several times, I cannot remember him pushing him. David, it, David we've not quite mentioned the, the football side of this yet, where yeah. Alfredo Morelos is now available for Rangers this weekend. And um, as a, are you a Rangers fan, David? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like Rangers have got any other strikers at the moment that are right up to speed to, to lead the line. So on that side of it, it's it's a real well, bonus for one. Rangers, isn't it? Maybe two to uh, follow on. So we we'll need to wait and see what that means. But Jim, you know, yeah. like I say, very simple football argument. Yeah. Yep. Rangers would have been no, no. It's much better for for Rangers to have them. And and I think also the fact is. Listen, Morelis is still a young player he, He's a competitive player He seems to have been playing better he, Obviously he's got the backing of his manager His manager's showing a bit of faith in him He's got the jersey just now Whether someone else comes in and puts pressure on him Or whether there's different options I know there's talk about Lafferty And obviously Sadiq is still, still to find his uh, you know, his fitness and stuff like that But yep. from Morelis's point of view I don't think that's a bad thing Because you learn when you're young and it'll probably not happen again You know, he'll realise that He can't let his teammates down He can't let, you know Let himself down And his supporters down So, you know, he made a mistake Listen, there's been loads of players Made mistakes And loads of players have done A little petulant thing And then went for a split second What have I done? And then kicked themselves after it So he'll be disappointed Listen, he will be But it's been rescinded He's got the opportunity now If he starts the game on Saturday To, 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 to go and repay the manager's faith Because there was a lot of talk about Oh, listen, he could be out the door but that won't happen and, and, and I think Stephen Gerrard's shown real maturity here in how he's handled the Morelos situation Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday
It is almost time for Beat the Pundit If you fancy it If tonight's your night You could come on here Pit your wits against Mark or Jim And potentially win yourself Not only a signed ball But some good old fashioned Bragging rights as well If you're up for it tonight Dial 0141 951 1025 Right now you have until the news At 7 o'clock to get involved And it could be you playing Beat the Pundit After the news Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're going to hear from Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers On tonight's game against AEK Athens It's a huge game, we brought you the team lineups. We're going to continue looking at that game Just after we do Beat the Pundit the Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Mark Greedy standing by, Jim Duffy standing by, one of them is going to be up against Patrick McGarry from Castle Milk. Hi Patrick. Hi yeah. Fancy your chances tonight? Um... Don't know yet Alright right. We're going to have to know quite soon I'll toss the coin Heads it's Mark Guidi Tails you're going to be up against Jim Duffy Let's see how we get on And it is indeed Heads So it's going to be Mark Guidi Up against Patrick from Castlemount Let me give Mark Some Clyde 2 So that he can't hear us And we'll get your clock up and running You've got 30 seconds Patrick You're going head to head Remember You can pass Here's your chance to beat the pundit Are you ready? Yes which former Celtic player was manager of Aberdeen from 95 till 97? Um, no idea, pass. Name one team that Lawrence Shankland went on loan to whilst with Aberdeen. No idea. Which team has Greg Doherty joined on loan? Um, Mom. Which country is Emilio Izaguirre from? Um, oh, what's that? Oh. Quick! Glasgow Glasgow City suffered a 2-1 defeat in the Champions League by which Belgian side? Just guess a Belgian team Patrick Belgian um, Any Belgian team Come on I <laughs> Oh you've cracked Patrick You have cracked yeah. under the pressure Let's see, yeah. if, let's see if Mark Guidi can do uh, any better Mark are you with us? Yep Right same set of questions to you Let's do it which former Celtic player was manager of Aberdeen from 95 till 97? Uh, Roy Aitken uh, Name one team that Lawrence Shankland went on loan to whilst with Aberdeen Morton Which team has Greg Doherty joined on a season-long loan? Shrewsbury Which country is Emilio Izaguirre from? Honduras Glasgow City suffered a 2-1 defeat in the Champions League by which Belgian side? Anderlecht which Aberdeen player is out for up to six weeks with a Scott hamstring McKenna. injury? And which goalkeeper has joined Burnley on a two-year deal? Joe Hart. Patrick, 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 what happened? Oh, he's, he's left us. He's just turned his radio on. He's left us. Patrick, can you hear me? <laughs> oh, I think it's all become too much for Patrick. He's, he's hiding in a darkened room. I think he's already <laughs> chucked it. One last call, Patrick. Are you there? Yes, I am. Revelation. A wee bit pressure get to you Patrick I did mate I did. Let's go through them and see how we fared then Which former Celtic player I think you know though uh, Which former Celtic player was manager of Aberdeen from 95 till 97 It was Roy Aitken So Mark, Mark Weedy got it right uh, Name one team that Lauren Shankland went on loan to Whilst with Aberdeen uh, Mark Weedy said Morton uh, Jim Duffy yeah. Is, yeah. is he right? He's right You're yeah. the manager Morton, uh, Yes so it's uh, 2-0 to Mark Guidi um, You're going to see a bit of a theme developing here It went 3-0 to Mark Guidi Greg Doherty has gone to Shrewsbury Emilio Izaguirre is from Honduras 
Glasgow City suffered a 2-1 defeat in the Champions League by Anderlecht So we're up to 5-0 Mark Guidi It then went to 6 Because Scott McKenna Is out with a hamstring injury And Patrick I can't believe it He completed it 7-0 By knowing that Joe Hart Signed for Burnley Patrick the pressure Just got to you You panicked I certainly did, me. I'm spoiled. I apologise. You don't need to apologise to anyone. Patrick, so I, it was just I can't the give you answers. What happened? Just the pressure. That's was he taking too long or just wrong answers? Bit of both. Yeah. But listen, Patrick, you come back stronger for this. You can bounce back. I've got faith in you. That was Patrick in Castle Milk, a, a comprehensive one for Mark Greedy this evening. Right, keep the calls coming. 0141 951 We've not really looked specifically at the Celtic game tonight because there's been so much uh, going on with John McGinn and Alfredo Morelos and all the rest of it. So let's hear a bit from. Brendan Rodgers Shall we Specifically on tonight's game uh, He says they are coming up Against a Champions League Quality side In AEK Athens The Hoops boss expects A difficult test Against the Greek champions But he believes that Patience could be the key To getting a good result Well looking at them again It's, it's another step up They're obviously the, the champions of the country Last season So that always makes them A, a tough opponent uh, Because they have that Winning mentality but when I assess them, they, they, they look like a Champions League team to me. They uh, they play, you know, they, the, the system is four four two, but and very very fast on the counter attack. You know, got quick players at the top of the field. So this over the, the course of the two games will be a real test for us. But um, but like I've always said, I think you know, especially for us at home, you know, we like to impose our game because we're a, a decent side as well, and we know that we can give them problems as well. But this will be a a real good examination over two legs for us. Yeah, but we we look at ourselves and, like I say, we look at them and, and they, they certainly have that quality uh, like we do. So it's a real a real good test for both teams. Um, and like I say, our first leg is at home. We've done all our work, all our preparation. We've, we've analysed them uh, closely and looked at all the details of the game. And like I say, very compact, very tight, uh, difficult to play through. Uh, and like I say, I get great speed in that transition side of the game. So, uh, so it's a game where we're going to have to be patient. You know, the crowd will be very, very important for us. You know, because they they really support us and and they've shown that real patience as well at this level over these last couple of seasons. So, um, so yeah. So if we can get a a win with a clean sheet, that would be a great result for us. But like I say, if we can win the game, take that into the second leg, then we'll be happy. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are here uh, Positives if you like for Celtic Mark Guidi would be And I mean this in terms of assessing AK Athens uh, Their captain Petros Mantelos missing through injury Yeah, It's their first competitive game of the season as well Yeah, Those are two factors that On paper play into Celtic's hands Yeah Celtic 6 or 7 competitive games uh, Under the belt qualifiers And a league game they've been together uh, For 8 or 9 weeks uh, In terms of a uh, Training and you know that they're, they're looking good, particularly in Celtic uh, Celtic part. I've heard you know the Rosenberg performance at home was was, was wonderful. He's up the ball about well against Livingston on Saturday as well, and he's got a strong team out there. And if it's not going to plan, Gordon, they'll get terrific options in the bench from Scott Sinclair to to Lee Griffiths and and, and players of that uh, calibre. So yeah, I really hope that Celtic take a lead over to to Athens for next Tuesday night. I'd be delighted at two 0 I think that'd be a great result. And as much as I said last week in the programme, I don't fancy them to make the Champions League uh, this season. I have to say that I think they've got a wonderful draw if they can get past um, Athens in terms of Malmo or Vidotorn. So I think if Celtic can get through this tie, although I'm taking nothing for granted because I just feel there's a wee cloud hanging over Celtic just now in terms of the, the transfer stuff and Brendan Rodgers' comments. 
bit of apathy amongst the Celtic supporters, then tonight a victory can give everybody a lift and try and spur them on. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just in terms of his team selection, you know, we, we I wasn't that surprised because he said himself they, they, they play a 4 4 2 and he said they're quick on the break. So I think, uh, you know, he wasn't really going to change to a three at the back, which he, you know, it looked as if he was going to start off the season doing. Um, but I think that's when Dembele was fit and he wanted the two strikers. But with, with Dembele not being fit, he's wanting to make sure that he's secure in midfield and give that strength in midfield. So when they don't have it, they'll have five in there to try and make sure they counteract any that um, Athens throw at them. I think Celtic will win tonight. Um, again, like Mark, I think if they can get a two-goal cushion, uh, go to Athens, I think the, that'll be enough to get them through. Uh, and then, um, you know, they're in a fantastic position then to qualify again for the, the, the Champions League. Um, but, you know, tonight is, a, is a, a big test for them because, generally speaking, Greek clubs, you know, they don't roll over. And Athens will be organised, they'll be disciplined, you know, work hard, they've got experience in Europe, um, you know, they'll be a wee bit of gamemanship, they'll slow it down, they'll fall over, all these sort of things, they'll try and frustrate Celtic, uh, try and frustrate the supporters, so Celtic will have to, you know, make sure that their concentration stays at 100%. Alec is in Parkhead, Alec, give us your thoughts on tonight's game, please. Hi, how we doing, lads? Just, just obviously, a point about the game and a point about, obviously, the transfer window, mm-hmm. obviously, first of all, about the game. Obviously, under Brendan, you know, we're starting to show a bit of a bit of calmness in these big games. Obviously, you know, the night there's going to be sixty Celtic fans willing to zone it. More than sixty, Alec. There'll be more than sixty. Come on, sixty thousand. Yes. <laughs> I need uh, you, man. I'm just winding you up. On you go. Aye, aye. So obviously, you know, we're showing a bit of calmness in these games. Uh, I do believe that you know, if we can get through the night's game. We are positive result, i.e. a 2-0, anything zero. You know, as long as we don't concede. And if we can get there, we, we can show what we can do when we, when we get away from home in Europe. And again, we look getting too, too far into it, as we say, the next straw. You know, it, it's, it, there was a lot more teams that, you know, that we could have, it could have been a lot more difficult. So I believe that if we can get through the next tie, and then obviously get there, you know, we, we could be almost almost in the Champions League proper again even more as making it as hard as possible for we teams like us uh, Let me ask Jim Duffy Jim there was a, a slight suggestion of a, an injury concern for Livy and Cham going into this how big a boost is it for Celtic to have him available? Yeah I mean it's a huge boost I think it was more precaution than anything else at the weekend they were winning the game comfortably don't see any risk didn't have to left out Tierney for instance left out um, was Ayer um, they, but they, 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 you know, they, they allowed themselves a little bit uh, you know of a leeway by taking off Cham and giving him as much time as possible to recover and, and, and he wouldn't be playing if he was not 100% fit so not a real uh, positive um, you know aspect of, of the game tonight with him and Scott Brown playing together they give them that solidity they give them security they give them that composure on the ball um, and, but I think that from Celtic's point of view um, you know the, the last game against Rosenberg they started slowly at home and uh, gave Rosenberg a foothold in the game you know, with that early goal and they also had a couple of chances so they've got to start and even away from home they, 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 you know, Rosenberg had a couple of chances early on so they've got to start better tonight and I think if they start better get on the front foot keep Athens penned in a little bit then you know, hopefully the amount of pressure and the quality from like some McGregor, Rogic and Forrest and behind Edward hopefully with that front four 
um, you know, they'll have enough firepower to, to try and get themselves in a strong position for the second leg. God, just a bit of news that I've got that Alex will be interested in all Celtic supporters out there. John McGinn, done and dusted, Aston Villa. So Celtic have missed out on him. There we are. Mark Guidi bringing us the news that Aston Villa is the destination for John McGinn. I know some of you thought there would maybe be a last minute change of heart or that Celtic could uh, persuade him. Um, but done and dusted, says Mark Guidi. John McGinn to Aston Villa. On you go. Aye. Obviously, Mark, obviously he says that, you know, that it wasn't confirmed that Celtic had uh, matched the offer. It was on Sky Sports, it was on multiple media outlets. It's John McGinn's loss uh, to go to Aston Villa now. If he's wanting to get down there, play about the championship, possibly try and get up to the premiership, what he's missed out on has been part of a team that's, that can go for a treble treble, part of a team that could be gone for 10 in a row. But just wipe that away straight away. There's a lot of negativity now with, with the Celtics transfer window, but I believe this could be one of our best transfer windows. We're looking at Jason Denier. We've signed Oz and, Oz and Edward. We're possibly going to go for Patrick Roberts and we've already go obviously the boy and Zanny and Lewis Morgan in. So a lot of Celtic fans are a wee bit panicking now, but this could be one of our strongest transfer windies since Ro- uh, since Rogers has come in. Well you just at the end of the day, none of us know um Alec until August thirty first and that's when you properly um assess it because um obviously as you were saying there there's a lot of there's a lot of ifs and buts both ways. So August the thirty first is when you sit down and assess it and when you, th- you decide it has your club had a good one or not and more importantly uh, will Brendan Rogers tone come the end of August be a lot different than what it's been in the past 24 hours let's speak to Lee and Bayless and Lee we just brought you the news that John McGinn has uh, completed his move to Aston Villa Did, had you resigned yourself to that earlier in the day or were you one of those that thought maybe Celtic could still get back in there yeah, yeah like I said basically mm. yeah I actually thought you know basically on the competition that Celtic have got on their midfield I do think it was going to be more difficult. Obviously, you kind of look at Scott Brown towards the end of his career, maybe a replacement, but you have to look at you know his best option. Maybe if it was up to him, he would pick Celtic, but obviously, Aston Villa, I want to pay more. Is it not? Money. Yeah, is it not just a replacement for Stuart Armstrong, though, Lee? Is that, is that not the way it would be? I think they're two different type of players. I think Armstrong is more you know, kind of behind the midfield, and I think Carl McGregor's kind of replaced that a little bit. He's kind of stepped up to the plate. Him and Rogic are obviously fighting out for that kind of false number nine or number ten position. Um, so yeah, obviously I would, I would have loved I'd love John McGinn to be there, but at the end of the day, it's just obviously Celtic won. Like, what was it? Four million. I uh, think it was less than that, wasn't it, Mark Goody? I, 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 listen, that's one thing that I've not had confirmed. What the fee fee is? I I reckon it was you know Jim reckons about two seven five. I think somewhere that mm-hmm. certainly three mm-hmm. absolute maximums. Villa wouldn't have paid more than three. Um, anyway, I just think it's really unfortunate. Um, that you've got a guy such as John McGinn who's Celtic daft wants to play for the club I don't think that there's a huge risk element in terms of you know it's a foreigner coming over and how will he settle in he, he plays he dominates games in our top flight with his eyes shut week in week out in a Hibs team and I think at two and a half to three million quid I think that would have been money well spent all day long I think the biggest thing about it was, is that Brendan Rodgers wanted him I think that's mm. it you know, whether Celtic fans are of an opinion like the previous caller saying, oh, it's his loss and whether Lee thinks, you know, we're missed out. It doesn't matter what we think. Brendan Rodgers made it perfectly clear he wanted to sign John McGinn. So I think the Celtic manager will be frustrated that that didn't happen for £3 million. Celtic have plenty of money. They can well afford John McGinn. It's nothing to do with that. They've dragged their heels. 
Aston Villa have stepped in. I mean, to be honest with you, I was surprised that Aston Villa were the only club that, that actually, other than Celtic, you know, that came in. Because I just think, as I said, there's a lot of laziness, and particularly in England at times, you know, where they, they, they take, state the obvious, take players from all over the place, 30, 40, 50 million, just throw Monopoly money at it. And I think something like John McGinn, and I think Steve Bruce having had Andy Robertson from Hull, because yeah. probably that conversation, listen, I brought Andy Hull, uh, Andy, Andy Robertson down here from Hull, I know the type of boy he was, you know, he came in here, he, you know, he, you know, we, we introduced him, we gradually, um, you know, what time and now look at him, he's playing at Liverpool, and I think he's probably had a similar sort of conversation yeah, with John McGinn, great shout, and Andy yeah. Robertson would also know, and he may well have had a conversation with John McGinn as well, he listen, Steve Bruce is a good guy, good manager, and all that kind of stuff. So all these kind of things can help sell a club mm-hmm. and sell a move. Not just the fact that it's a big club, don't get me wrong, Villa's a big club. But listen, it's done now. Celtic have to look look forward now to the to you know the, the new challenges of bringing in players. I said a couple of weeks ago um that it might it might help Rangers with the, the English transfer market being finishing tomorrow night. It may well help Celtic because some of the players it may well have wanted to go to England, that door will be shut. And they might look at Celtic and think, wait a minute, Champions League if they get there. But certainly Europe, you know, challenging as, as the guys have said here on the line, challenging for a treble, challenging for 10 in a row and all these other things, but the, you know, playing in front of 60,000 fans, style of football. So that might be even if they come here and say, well, I'll go to Celtic for a year and then I'll get my move to the Premiership. So they might get one or two other options that might not have been available to them had the English market not closed tomorrow night. Lee, are you in confident mood ahead of tonight or is it the old pre-match nerves that are kicking in? No, I'm always confident. I'm always confident at Celtic Park. You know, I do think Celtic have competed with bigger and better teams than than Athens, but I do believe Athens have. At the end of the day, you don't win the Greek League, beat Olympiakos and things like that to the title unless you've got a bit of, bit of class about you. But I do believe we have competed against better teams. And I think the last couple of years with the players kind of steady the ship over the last two years with Brendan Rodgers, I do think we can do the job tonight. Uh, but obviously the most important thing is try and clip a clean sheet uh, and obviously because I think we'll change our tactical approach when we go over there next week but I think the most important thing I'm confident that we can get a goal or two it's just whether or not we can kind of shut up shop at the back and not let them get an early goal and kind of put pressure on us because then the fans will get nervous and that's probably the last thing we need OK thanks to Lee and Bailison some good points well made on that call keep them coming you're going to get you on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB it's almost time to set up the full-time teaser. That's when you send a question into us and we try and stump the guys between now and the end of the programme. We're going to get that up and running next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's show. We've got about ooh, 20 minutes to kick off at Celtic Park, a huge qualifier against EAK Athens. We'll continue to build up to that one, uh, but we're going to get the full-time teaser up and running as well. Remember, that's when you send the question into us. We set it round about this time, and we give the guys until the end of the show to try and nail the answers. So if you've got a good question and you want to get it on the show, the email address you need to send it to is fulltime at clyde1.com. That's fulltime at clyde1.com. Calm right, let's see what we've got in store tonight. This one was sent in by Dale Handley. I think you're gonna nail this one. And I'm not I'm not just saying that. I think this is right up both of your streets, okay? <laughs> so I'll only take a couple of guesses to begin with. So since the Premier League started in nineteen ninety two. English Premier English League. Premier League. Okay. Sunderland have had nine managers that have played or managed in Scotland in their career. Can you name them? I'll take one or two guesses to kick us off. Mick McCarthy Yep Any that spring to mind for you Jim? David Moyes David Moyes indeed, yes Paolo Di Canio 
Uh-huh. One more guess from you, Jim. Uh, no, let me think. Nah, I don't know. I'll have you think about it. Matt Lineal. Yes, that's, I mean, that's a good start. That's four of nine, so I've got plenty of confidence that you're going to get them all uh, before the end of the show. Maybe a couple of tricky ones there, though. So since the Premier League began in 92, mm. Sunderland have had nine managers that have played or managed in Scotland in their career. We've got Moyes, the Canio, O'Neill and McCarthy. So far, uh, we'll get back to that in a minute or two. Callum's in Solcote, so hi, Callum. Hi, guys, how are we doing? Good, thanks. What's on your mind? I just heading up to the game just now. Uh, quite optimistic, looking forward to it. How's the traffic? Did you make it there all right? Aye, <laughs> just in time. Good stuff. Just in time. But uh, I think it's probably going to be our um, toughest test of the, the qualifying uh, to get in the Champions League. But it's one of these teams you've got to play if you, you want to get there. Who's going to be the main night, main man tonight? Easy for me to say. Who's going to be the main man, Callum, if you had to pick one? Who are you pinning your hopes on tonight? You've got to look at odds on Edward for nine million quid. You know, you've got a um, big man up front. Hopefully, he'll Got a couple of goals and um, settle us down for the, for the second leg. Um, you're probably looking at getting hopefully a, a couple of goals to, to settle you down and um, make that away leg easier. Um, I certainly think if we can get a clean sheet tonight, then uh, we'll be fine. But um, it's just obviously trying to keep the ball out of the net. Obviously, I know the, the John McGinn thing today has been a bit disappointing for a lot of Celtic fans, but it's been the same for, for years. You know, dragging our heels and you know, at the end of the day, good on you, John. It hasn't been going to be around forever. Um, Jim Duffy, just on odds and Edward, he's gone very quickly from sort of supporting actor to, mm-hmm. to main man. And I know Mr. Dembele's injured, Lee mm-hmm. Griffiths has been injured, but guys like Callum coming on and saying, you know, he could be the difference tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, you know, you take your opportunities. He came last year, he had a lot to learn, a lot to learn just in how he, one, how Celtic played, how the Scottish game was, you know, the kind of. Physical aspect of it, the tempo, um, you know, the way it was played, and he had some very, very good performances. And it, but initially, you know, he was finding his feet, but he, he definitely got, he was he got better and better. And I think uh, as Brendan Rogers stated several times at training, you know, working with him, you know, that's just that intensity, that level of performance was just getting increasing um, to the point where he's now, you know, one of the main men at Celtic. Obviously, with Griffiths being injured. And Dembele been injured recently, uh, you know he's got a great opportunity to say to the manager, listen, I can be your number one striker. Um, so, but these are the type of games. One that he signed for, you know, when you sign for that amount of money from PSG, even if even if you if you're a young uh, young player, these are the type of nights that you, you sign for European nights at Celtic Park. But you've got to step up to the plate tonight. You know, he will have that responsibility and he'll, he has to accept that responsibility of being the focal point for Celtic's attack tonight. I suppose you're looking for other guys who might carry the responsibility, Mark. You don't need to look too much further than the guy who's going to lead the team out for the hundredth time in Europe. Scott, Scott Brown, Brown, yeah. And, you know, congratulations to him. Uh, you know, a great achievement. And he's been doing an awful lot of good things the past few years. I'm also told as well, Gordon playing with an Achilles injury just now, which is which is hampering him, but he, he, he's playing through it, I think. People that have watched Celtic can see that Scott Brown not quite a hundred percent, but he's still a major influence um, on the team. And I think he's fortunate to have somebody so able-bodied and reliable like and Sham alongside him. The yen move up to the top end of the pitch, and you're right. You know, from Forrest to McGregor to 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 Edward to to Rogic, there's terrific options there. But Scott Brown is key to it tonight because behind them as well. Don't forget, there's two very competent and able central defenders, but both inexperienced. Final word to you, Callum. Yeah, I think obviously the kind of um, 
the main player in the team is also Scott Brown. I know he's still got this injury that affected him last season, um, but he'll be a, a big game player uh, this evening. Um, but as I say, positive news today, or the negative of not getting John McGinn, positive news, I'll finally talk about pursuing a, a central defender, because um, that's certainly what we need, especially in games like this. Yeah, I mean, I think again, we you know, it just takes one injury, you know, and, and it leaves you very, very light in that area. And obviously, Simonovic uh, has been injured. We know Bayata hasn't been back from the World Cup and stuff like that, you know. But, you know, when you're going into these type of games, you're playing midweek and then you're playing Saturday and domestic, and then you're back again midweek and you've got all these games back to back. You need a strong squad, and certainly in central defence, Celtic have been a little bit light because of these circumstances. But if they are looking. You know, again, whether it's denier or anything like that, we know he can play as a midfielder as well at times. He can also adapt at full, but I've needed Lustig's come in and adapted at centre-back a few times, uh, particularly when they played three at the back. So there is a bit of flexibility, but yeah, in an ideal world, uh, another centre-back would be would be perfect for Celtic. I'm going to give the guys a bit longer to think about this teaser because I think they're, they're, they're making the progress they're making is a bit too good for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a bit worried that you're going to have this smashed before. I've got a, I've got a couple um, more, but I've had nah, a bit hold well, on to them. I want you to can, hold can on just, to them. Well, can I ask you a question on the answers? The mm-hmm. temporaries count caretake, caretakers, whatever you want to call them. Well, for example, the one I'm thinking because he was a temporary manager at Celtic and he was also temporary manager at Sunderland, Eric Black. Right. Does Eric Black no. count? No. Right, okay. All right. Well, Dick, Dick Advocate, throw him in. Right, okay, throw him in. So that's you got five of nine we're looking for because I can see you playing along on Twitter. Keep the answers coming. Since 92, Sunderland have had nine managers that played or managed in Scotland at some point in their career. Uh, we've got David Moyes, Dick Advocate, Paulo De Canio, Martin O'Neill, and Mick McCarthy. Keep the calls coming. 01419511025. Uh, you can tweet us at Clyde SSB as well. Let's speak to Ian in Shettleston. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you doing? More importantly, uh, not so good. Oh, I'm what's up? On the phone tonight is that this McGinn carry on is, is to me it's a straw that's brought the camel's back as far as that boy's concerned. I wish Celtic fans would wake up to something. This has been going on for many, many, many years now, and I'll, I'll tell you how far it goes back as far as I can see. I've been watching this for a long time. I went back to the Martin and the old days with they signed a boy called Janino. Remember him, the wee Brazilian? Mm-hmm. He lasted one se- In fact, I don't even think he lasted a full season. He, la- he didn't do any good here. He lasted one season. And Neil Harley played him. But somebody in that board is buying players like second hand card dealer and they're foisting them on the managers. Think of all the players that they have bought. Somebody's looking at a guy like Safety, Allen, Christie, O'Riordan. You know, and you could go on and on and on. Hey, just recently, I'll guarantee that uh, even Hay, for instance, great wee player, love to play for Celtic, but I guarantee that Brendan Rodgers didn't point him out and say, I want, him, I want that player. What makes you so confident, Ian? He hardly played him, even when he came there. Yeah, he you need, you need, squad, he, you need he, squad players as well, though. Not every player you sign is going to, to play every listen, week. Listen, I'll not disagree with you there. As far as the board's concerned, as far as I'm concerned with the board, they're sitting with £60 million for the two European games, in these campaigns. What's the excuse for no buying again? What did they give for What did they give for Brown all the years ago? Four, four, million. four and a half, yeah, four million, yep. That's what they gave for him nearly ten years ago. Yeah, but they certainly get their money out of the guy. They have, but to be fair, I mean, Celtic this this summer have broken their own transfer record, smashed it. In fact, have paid nine million pounds for Edwards. That's nothing for that man. 
You've got three players there. They're sitting with 60 million. You've got three players, Tierney. What would you say on him for the day? I wouldn't take any less than 25. Dumberley, what would you take for him today? I wouldn't take any less than 25. Edwards are still... You wouldn't, you wouldn't, I wouldn't sell him tomorrow for 15. You're sitting there with three players that are worth anywhere between 55 and 60 million. 60 million pounds in the bank and you tell me you can't buy a player for 3 million. A what, what one thing I would say, you know, I, I I agree with a lot what you're saying in terms of the the, the transfers and players and out. But what you've got to remember too is that it would be interesting to see what Celtic's wage bill is for their first team squad and and the management team. You know, Brendan Rodgers is probably the highest played employee in Scottish football. Um, and then I would imagine you would have. Your Edwards, your Dembele's, your Scott Sinclair's, your Scott Browns, possibly your Chams. You'll have half a dozen players on round about one and a half million pounds a year. You'll then have another half a dozen on about a million pounds a year. So, uh, as much as I think I agree with the frustration in terms of a little bit of the the, the transfer just now, and I know Celtic have spent massive money, as Gordon said, on Edward, but you can almost balance that out with what they brought in for for Stuart Armstrong. Um, so I think there's a massive wage bill And there's a lot of players there There's probably I would guess At Celtic Park In the first team squad There's probably a waste Of around Comfortably 100 grand a week That contributing next to nothing um, But um, That's not to say that You know th- th- There should still be A, a couple of more uh, players arriving For sure Is the reality Jim Duffy Not though that There is not a club on the planet Who gets every single signing mm. right And I, I, listen I, I take Ian's point But for every Nadir Chiefchi There's a Moussa Dembele mm. And for every Ryan Christie There's an Olivier and Cham mm. is, I can't think of any club Anywhere At any level Who every single player they sign Is a success I, no. I, I can't think of any No I mean that, That's what people talk about recruitment But I, I don't believe Ian's suggesting that the board Are signing players For Brendan Rodgers and, and I don't believe it And I don't believe he signed him For, for Martin O'Neill Or uh, Neil Lennon or anybody, because I think these guys, I know these guys, and I don't think they would stand for it. I think I that. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry, Jim. Yeah. I'll say when you say I'm always, I'm always you're very clever, but I think that I think that was the one of the reasons. I'll give you an example of something which everybody seems to have missed. Even last week, Brendan Rodgers, when and I very rarely hear that man talk like that, mm. he said a very important thing. He says, "I do not want to stop pile players." Well, if he doesn't want to stop players, players, how is it happening? And it's happening because they've been foisted on him. You're right, there's 100 grand worth of wages up there that's getting spent on players unnecessarily. And every one of these players that comes in, I know, I know they're not buying them because they're not being played by any of the managers. Ian, I don't agree with you at all. I don't agree with you at all. I think you're wrong, 100% wrong that Brendan Rodgers has signed players that he doesn't want at Celtic. I don't think Rodgers has signed any players. No, 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 you're wrong. I think you're wrong in terms of Brendan Rodgers is, is not signing the players. That is where you are 100% wrong. What you're no, right about is he's frustrated. And what I think you're right about previously, uh, I think that there was a, a lot of signings that, that managers like Ronnie Dyla and maybe to an extent Neil, Neil Lennon. Um, you know, weren't they getting their first choices and and you had John Patton, the scouting department, who unearthed some gems. So I agree that was probably the, the, the structure then back at the club with the manager was there to manage and there was a there was a lot of influence from the scouting department and other places at the club. But I think now be sure that, that Brendan Rogers will not agree to sign a player at Celtic unless he wants him, unless he thinks he can bring some kind of value to his squad. Well they done it with him again. 
No, yeah, but, but, yeah, but I agree with you on that. He wanted to sign him, but they didn't deliver him. Here's my last quick point. Celtic still have the number in the sixty million. Have they even spent the money to go back for Van Dijk? You get a million pounds for the players that we had in the World Cup. Three players have been uh, we lost the boy for for three million pounds to Newcastle, the big uh, Swiss defender. Rangers just just identified a, a fantastic left back here, going for just over two million. McGinn three million. That's eight million pounds for three players that we need badly. It's not an awful lot of money. You're talking about you're talking about the money we're spending out. Brendan Rodgers has earned his wages every single year he's been there just with the increase in ticket sales. He's earned his own money. There's, there's no any more money for him. We've also, with the players that were brought in, managed to get into the, into the uh, Champions League. If we're in the Champions League again this year, we get in, we've got another, and the money's went up, we may end up getting about £40 million this year. Which means in the last three years, this guy has earned us, paid his own money, Earned us three million, uh, hundred million pound. He's also got players there that he's brought up to a standard, like the Armstrong and Forrest, and players that were going nowhere. He's now made them worth money, and he's got, he's got, he's identified the players that we can earn fantastic profit. There's three players there we can get sixty million for. That could be a hundred and sixty million pound. You talking about business. they're supposed to be businessmen? They can't see that. Ian, I'm going to stop you. We want to build a daft hotel outside there. Ian, I'm going to stop you. Ian, 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 I'm going to stop you, but I, I don't think you'll mind too much. The only reason I want to do it is because we're going to go back to Celtic Park ahead of kickoff, and we need to do that right now. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Let's go back to Celtic Park and get a flavour of the atmosphere as we move ever closer to kick-off between Celtic and EAK Athens. Here's Ronnie Charters. Yes, Gordon, just waiting on the teams coming out to the pitch for this one. Celtic versus AEK Athens. The atmosphere is very good indeed ahead of this one. Not a seat to be had. The sun is shining. I look to my right, I see a flag by the Green Brigade. Champions League question mark. You're having a laugh. That's obviously what the Celtic fans think of it. But in terms of tonight's game, a tough test lies in store for Brendan Rodgers. Men, no two ways about it. The Greek champions, A. EK Athens. Brendan Rodgers hoping for a clean sheet and a victory. That'll do for him to head off to Greece next week for the game. The winners take on Malmo or Videothon, but for Celtic, they cannot look past the Greek champions this evening. Big boost in terms of the Celtic team news. Olivier and Cham makes it after limping off against Livingston as well as that. Odson Edouard starts up front and it's Jack Henry who will partner Christopher Ayer at the heart of that Celtic defence. We'll go through the Celtic team then. It's a 4-2-3-1 formation. Two changes from the game against Livingston. Hayes and Simunovic drop out in place of Tierney and Hendry so it's Craig Gordon in goal a back four of Mikel Lustig Jack Hendry Christopher Ayer and Kieran Tierney Scott Brown makes his 100th European appearance this evening he partners Olivier and Cham in the holding role in that midfield James Forrest Tom Rogic and Callum McGregor the attacking three all behind Odson Edwards the subs for Celtic Bain Siminovic Kowasi Sinclair Hayes Johnson and Griffiths we'll see whether Celtic can take an advantage over to Greece next week or whether they have a tough task lies in store we are moments away from kickoff here at Celtic Park for Celtic versus AEK Athens in the Champions League. Don't forget, we'll bring you all the reaction to that game on tomorrow night's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're on air as always from six o'clock. Certainly, it's a massive night, isn't it? Whatever way you look at it, uh, that is a huge night for Celtic. Yeah, you know, in the background, you're, you're hearing the fans, you're hearing the music, people getting ready. I don't. Did they play the Champions League? Not until the, the qualifier, not to the final. No, the, the playoff final playoff. Round, I think, yeah. Um, so yeah, look, it's going to be the best part of sixty thousand fans in there. Um, you know, it's a big. 
big night for Celtic And as Ronnie said As we've all said Vital that Celtic take a lead to Greece next week I should have said John McGinn's move to Aston Villa Has been confirmed But why bother telling you When Mark Guidi told you <laughs> 15 minutes before mm. it was confirmed So there you go But it has been confirmed um, Officially If you like uh, And it looks like Hibs have already Kind of started to find Midfield replacements Emerson Hindman Remember him Spent a bit of time on loan at Rangers Well he's going to be a player At Easter Road this season as well Let's speak to John and Canvas Lang Hi John uh, Evening panel uh, Good to speak to you tonight uh, Jim Duffy I remember when my dad Took my official game 25 years ago And <laughs> they got promoted And I got your autograph mm-hmm. I don't know if I've still got it But it's a good day <laughs> A collector's right. item right. Cheers John Four for that day or something Yes that's correct John 1992 yeah. I think it was Good memory I like that Brilliant Jim Brilliant Love uh, So I want to talk about uh, James Tavner uh, mm-hmm. I don't think any player Is uh, Rangers is unsellable but I feel we should get the right price for them because I feel last year when we sold players like Waghorn who's went for buttons and got uh, sold uh, to Derby for 5-6 million a day I feel that Rangers should get the value of the players this is our captain at Rangers a guy who scored 28 goals at right back for Rangers over the years and I feel with uh, teams like Celtic and Hibs are selling their players for why, why should we not be doing that? So I don't. I think he, we could sell him because I think John Flanagan could fit in at right back. He's played well at left back, but he's a right back. But I think we could sell him if the price is right. What do you think, panel? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, John, in terms of trying to get uh, the market value for for uh, Tavernier if you're going to sell him. Um, he is captain. He, I think he's a player who is completely turned around the vast majority of Rangers fans. I think that when he first came in. He took so much criticism, people saying he can't defend, you know, he leaves too much space and, you know, there was an awful lot of criticism directed at him, um, even though he was scoring goals, even though he was very good going forward, um, but defensively, um, you know, I think he has improved. Uh, I, I do think Candice helped him last year because he did work on that side of the pitch, but under under um, Steven Gerrard, even in the early stages, he seems to, you know, have moved on to another level again. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think that uh, there are so many players down south going for huge sums of money that they know they'll get a bargain in Scotland. Don't get me wrong. The English clubs know that they're going to be cheaper, but I don't think Rangers should be handing um, James Tavernier over to West Brom or anyone else for two or three million pounds. If he's got a decent length, his contract go. He is a Rangers captain. Then for me, you know, look to try and get top dollar on I would be trying to get as close to double that anyway, somewhere around about the five million pound mark, and then you might that you might look to consider it then. But for me, yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, whether Waghorn, we we know. I don't think too many people would have thought a year or two ago he'd go for five million pounds. But it shows you what can happen. So, uh, Rangers, if they are going to do a deal, make sure there's a there's a, a clause in it um, that they get a percentage for fu- any future move. Because like Celtic have done, you know, with Van Dyke and these kind of guys, it can certainly pay off further down the line. But certainly, as you as you speak, you know, I agree with you, John. Don't don't sell him on the cheap. And and if if and, unless he's desperate to go, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't think three million would would encourage Rangers to sell him. What would be enough to tempt you, John? Because you've you've said it yourself that there is a potential replacement there in terms of Rangers' fullback options. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure that the I'm people with Jim, uh, run about five six million, but. I've, I mean, I look at some. I'm, I don't like talking about my rivals, but ever quoting prices like twelve million for Boya because he played at the World Cup. I mean, he did play at the World Cup. We had a, a decent World Cup, but the teams he played against the World Cup mm. were like Panama and uh, Tunisia. Mm. 
So no great marks. They still lost goals in the game. So I'm reckoning if players are going for twelve million for Scotland, why should we not Rangers be looking for as much I'm not saying twelve million but yeah. We should be looking for prices that Celtic are selling their players for, if you know what I mean. I think the difference with that, John, is that Celtic sell Champions League players. And, you know, as much Celtic with a couple of batters and Champions League games, they've also won a few games and their players are playing international level. That's why you get, as I've always said, you don't become a £12 million player by beating Dundee and Motherwell and Partick Thistle. You become a £12 million player and above that by operating at a European level and one up from the Europa League. So until Rangers... Um, get into the Champions League as Dave King said um, you know they won't be selling players at, at 12 million quid because the bids for that kind of fee won't come into them for, for James Tavernier absolute minimum 5 million not a penny less and even then depending on what depending on what Stephen Gerrard thinks his options are at left back he, he signed a new fella so does he think I can move John Flanagan over to right back mm-hmm. and, and sell James Tavernier and the five million or the four or five whatever West Brom or, or Brighton are prepared to pay allows me to go and get me a title winning number nine. That could be the key to it all. Thank you to John and Canvas Lang on the teaser tonight since 1992. Mm. Sunderland have had nine managers that have played for or managed in Scotland, played, sorry, played in or managed in Scotland during their career. We've got David Moyes, Dick Advocat, Paulo Decanio, Martin and Neil McCarthy. I'll take a couple more. Jack Ross. Jack Ross, he's the obvious one. And Roy Keane. Right, so you've got two to get I'll take one more name Terry Butcher Right, that means you've got one more to get So hang on to it if you've got it but I don't think not, you I've do. not, you I've don't not, have not. it um, All I'll say is that's a sneaky one It's a sneaky one The hardest one at the lot? Oh yeah, I think so um, Okay, we're underway at Celtic Park We'll keep you right up to speed with anything that's happening in the opening stages Let me just double check again And make sure we're not missing anything No, I don't think we are at the moment uh, Jerry's in Erskine Jerry, we don't have a great deal of time But certainly enough to make your point Okay, <clears throat> right It's uh, regarding what Mark said um, to the last Celtic caller um, Regarding Marvin Compey I'm not, I'm not saying Compey's a bad player But clearly the, the evidence is very strong that, that that Rogers never saw him play at all because even when he was uh, the brief periods when he's been fit, um, he's not even made the bench. So I can't say that it's a hundred percent he wanted him there. So I think Mark's wrong in that respect. And possi- possibility even of Kowasi not being a, a Rogers pick. And there's also a young fellow they got a year and a, a year and a bit ago, Kundai Benu, who is nowhere near the first team either. Um, is that the boy they got from Ipswich? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a boy. Yeah, that's a boy. Brendan Rogers raved about after pre-season friendly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there we go. So where is he now? I mean, does it matter? Brendan Rogers. Head. Brendan Rogers raved about him after and selected him to play for a for a in a first team game. Um, albeit what, what the the way I phrased it, Jerry was that I don't think that Brendan Rogers would have agreed to take on any player unless he wanted him. I didn't say he'd go to see him. Managers very rarely go and see players. Yeah. Now it's all Y scout or or from previous knowledge so they very rarely actually go and see a player in the flesh um, and Brendan Rodgers as a coach he wants to be in the training ground um, every morning that's why the, you've, you've got a scouting department um, so the way I, I phrased have, it was I wouldn't have thought even Benue was in, is in Glasgow tonight to watch this game that, I mean, that, well, I listen, know, you're, you're talking that, about a, a young kid from, from Ipswich that they've brought clearly to maybe try and develop so I really don't think that Benue has really got much relevance to the argument Jerry, I, I'm just struggling with the link a bit just because a player isn't a success or, or doesn't work out that, that doesn't automatically mean the manager didn't pick him surely those, those seem to me to be two separate issues no, I think Mark's right about. I mean, obviously, the, the 
Well, there's me saying obviously again, the word of the of the night. No, I don't you worry, <laughs> carry on. Um, but the, the likes of Mourinho and that, he never saw, and Conte never saw half of the t- half of the guys that they were uh, loaded with. But as I say, the squad is is big. But we need to know what's happening with Bitton. Some of these guys that clearly Rogers doesn't want it anymore. Even Gamboa having two good games in the last month. Um, he's not even on the bench. He wasn't on the bench last week. Um, and De Vries, I mean, Connor Hazard is now even going to be pressing Bain for the, for the number two. So they really should have been sort of uh, um, cutting off some of these guys that have got no... Even Christie, he doesn't fancy. Uh, I know he was, it's not his pick, it's not his signing, but Christie and Allen clearly have no... And once they've gone, I'd love to see Wee Morgan get fit and I think he'll press it because I think he could play all, anywhere along the midfield. Um, so there needs a lot of pruning there and, and hopefully a couple more. I've no idea about Arzani, to be honest. OK, thanks to Jerry and Erskine. I think we'll leave it there just because the full-time whistle is fast approaching on the show. We're only just underway at Celtic Park. Well, five minutes on the clock. Callum McGregor's just burst into the box. Couldn't quite get the shot away. Uh, the kind of cross was cleared in the end. Nothing really to tell you about in the opening stages. Let's turn our attentions to the teaser, though. Since the Premier League began in '92, Sunderland have had nine managers who've played in or managed in Scotland during their career. You only need one. We've got Jack Ross, David Moyes, Dick Advocat, Paulo De Canio, Martin O'Neill, Roy Keane, Mick McCarthy, and Terry Butcher. You're stuck with the last one, I take it. Yep. Yes. Right, I said it was sneaky Because his His playing career only brought him to Scotland For a very, very short loan spell With Morton in the 70s Oh, it's uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Crosby No In the 70s? Mm-hmm Now, he has also Technically managed in Scotland But maybe not with a club side Oh, oh George Burley no, no. no, well, no, you're on no. the right lines, um, but maybe don't think the the top job in that. Oh, Archie Gamble, no, no, he was um, assistant, assistant to, or he was a coach, no. Um, he was one of the youth team. He was a couple of the youth team managers for Scotland, and he had he did have a spell playing up here as well, a loan spell, like I say. And he was a manager of Sunderland. Yeah. Oh, you kick uh, yourself. No well, we'll kick myself, but I, I can't even think. I'm, I'm, the ones I'm thinking is like 70s. Peter Reid and all these guys, but they never yeah, done yeah, in Scotland. No. Well, I just tell you, put you out your misery. Mm-hmm. Ricky Spradia. Oh, Ricky Spradia. I didn't know he played in Scotland. I really Alone didn't. spell no. with Morton in the there 70s. There we go. Thank you to Mark and Jim. Uh. We'll do it all again tomorrow night in the company of Gordon DL and Mark Wilson from Six. And Callum Gallagher's up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years.